Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Coaching for Profit. My name is Luther, and with me is Brandon, the president and CEO of BKMPC Certified Public Accountants. In part one of selling a business, we discussed what business owners can do to increase the value of their business if they do plan on selling. And here in part two of selling the business, also known as what we've nicknamed selling the baby, we'll talk about how to find a buyer, what to look for as a seller, and how businesses are sold. So, Brandon, first question, how do we find a buyer for the business that we plan on selling? Finding a buyer is a challenge. Um, One, because when you're looking for a buyer, uh, you don't want to alarm your employees. And that's something that that happens, you know, with uh, anytime you're in the the process of marketing your business to other business owners, you want to make sure that everybody signs a non-disclosure agreement so that they can't talk or tell other people, hey, this business is trying to sell and they get back to your employees and they start thinking, oh, crap, I got to look for a job. Um, because for some reason, people think that when a new owner comes in, they're going to fire everybody. And that hardly ever happens. Uh, the the best thing to, to happen on a merger or acquisition is to keep everything as the same as possible. And that includes your employees. Now, there may be some personality differences that happen and and some job changes within the company that happens. But for the most part, employees can be pretty secure on a small business acquisition. Now, the Fortune 500 acquisition, sometimes they they come in, they buy a business, and then they start chopping heads. And that's just, I think that's wrong to begin with. But uh, they, you know, if you work for a Fortune 500 company and, and your business gets bought out, then that's a, a likely, unfortunately, a likely possibility. But finding the buyer, you know, first I would look to your family. Do you do you have kids, brother, sister, somebody that might be interested in buying and taking over the business? For us, our, our real estate business is, is something that we want to pass on to our kids. We will never sell it to anybody else. Now, we might sell individual houses or even a package of houses, but the business itself and the process and what we do, you know, we want to reserve that for our family. I would love for one of my kids to become a CPA and or financial advisor and so that they could, you know, possibly come in and, and, and be an owner someday. I would like some of my employees now to continue with us and become an owner someday. When you when you work for a CPA firm, the assumption is that at some point you're going to be partner. And honestly, for for me, it's I never think about partnership being a you know a 10 year plus track. I think of it being a you know as deserved track as as the more you continue to be a part of the team and an important part of the team, the closer you are to being a partner. Now, I don't have a lot of levels or titles or you know we don't have senior one, senior two, manager one, manager two, principal, and then partner. I just want to see people do the best they can and then promote them and give them raises and reward them for that kind of behavior. Um, I think sometimes titles take away from the team aspect, mm-hmm. and I want our fe- our people to work as a team. So key employees are, are definitely the, the next place to look after family. And then finally, you might look outside the business through a, a broker or a, a network, business network. 
most industries have an association like the Restaurant Association or the Texas Dental Association. And sometimes they have people that you can contact that you can talk, hey, I'm, I'm getting towards retirement. I'd like to see if there's anybody that's looking to buy a dental practice or a restaurant to add to their. And so through your organization or that network, and then there are, you know, of course, business brokers uh, who, you know, hold themselves out to, to, and sometimes it's by industry. There's, I don't, there's a lot of CPA organizations that, that broker CPA firms to other CPAs. And so that's one option. And then also competitors. Uh, you might have been competing from uh, against one of the, the people across town, one of the stores across town, and it's been a, a rivalry your whole life. But then as you start, you know, they're the obvious choice to take over the business. They have the same values, similar products. They may have a long-term plan you know, succession where you don't. And so you might look to them and see if they want to, you know, buy the business. And, and uh, you know, sometimes competitors are friends. Uh, I know that's the truth in baseball and football. And so it's not it's not very dissimilar in in business. So we don't chalk that up as a as a L if we sell it to our rival. That doesn't count as a loss. No, it's not a loss. It's <laughs> definitely not a loss. It's not capitulation. It's a good business. It's good business. <laughs> Competition is 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 just that. It is you're competing against yourself. You're com- you might be competing against other people, but it's not personal. It doesn't. It, it shouldn't be something where there's hate involved. I don't know if you know anything about Nike, but Nike, one of their first, their first vision or mission statement said, beat Adidas. And that was, that was all they focused on was beating Adidas. And then when they finally surpassed Adidas, they, they kind of went on a lull. They didn't really have any kind of what's the next goal. And then Reebok slowly creeped past them. And so now their next vision statement, mission statement is crush Reebok. So I mean, of course, Phil Knight was like, "Are you are you friends with the the CEO of of Reebok?" And he and he said, "No, and I don't want to be." You know, he took it personally. But it's in small business and local communities, it's not that way. It really isn't, or at least it shouldn't be. So, there may be some people that really don't like each other and and are spiteful, but um, it doesn't have to be that way. Gotcha, gotcha. So I guess that's just the bigger companies just kind of messing up the, the view for everybody <laughs> in that case yes got you okay another question i have for you is what will the we kind of touched on the what the transaction would look like when we went over who would we be selling to but i guess that over-the-counter exchange where money actually does start to change hands i guess what does that transactionally transaction actually look like uh, yeah that's a great question and honestly it can look any number of ways. There, there are combinations of methods. Uh, of course, there's the all cash deal. If somebody come, you know, throws a big wad of cash at you, and <laughs> and you hand them the keys and say thank you, and you part ways. There's where the owner might carry a note and cash, like the 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 buyer will put down a down payment, and then um, the buyer could go to the SBA, the SBA, the Small Business Administration has several loan programs for buying and expanding small business. You can get up to, I think, around $250,000, you know, with a, um, a short application 
a couple of years of tax returns and then uh, within a, a couple of months get the approval and, and be able to close. They have the larger notes that they take about six months to go through, but those SBA loans are really a great way to buy a business and only the, and you really, there's not very many places that you can go to get a loan for a business because when you buy a business, you're buying blue sky. You're not buying anything tangible. You're buying the name of the business, the book, the client list. Uh, you might buy uh, some equipment and furniture and whatnot, but that doesn't mean that there's not value there. There are a few banks. I think Frost Bank has a great program for professionals, for uh, CPAs, financial advisors, attorneys to buy other businesses. Shout out to Gus in uh, in Dallas. Um, he's our banker for Frost. Those are those are great ways to buy businesses. Uh, there's also for professionals an earnout method to where, you know, the buyer will say, "Listen, I'll I'll give you a twenty percent down payment, and then I'll pay you, you know, twenty percent of revenues for six seven years, uh, to give them basically one hundred and fifty percent of the gross revenues of the of the of the business. So depending on what type of business, that might be the the multiple that it's valued at." Uh, after the valuation process has taken place. Or you might have a combination of everything. You might have a cash down payment, you might have a note, and then some earnout. Those are probably the, the best ways when it's a combination of all three because you may or may not have enough cash to make the deal happen. The owner may be willing to sell, to finance a portion and a bank might be also willing to finance a portion. So there's also some really more complicated ways selling a business and and they include uh trust and retirement plans, employee stock ownership plans and all that. Um but that's not what we'll talk about here and in order to do that, you're going to spend some money um getting the advice and having those trusts set up and whatnot. So that might be what you're looking to do as a seasoned business owner, but um if you need to do that, you we can talk later. <laughs> that's not for this podcast. They can give you a call. That's right. At 1-800. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, no. No. There's no 1-800 sell the baby. No. <laughs> that's not That's not what this podcast is about. You you brought in the baby this <laughs> I time. I did. I did. Oh, goodness. Well, I have one last question for you. And this question is kind of off topic. So, we're finally selling this business. We finally went through the process on what is valued at. Is it the right time to sell? We've increased its value. We've finally found who will purchase it. And now we're finally getting to the transaction side. What do you feel like people should look to as far as the next step in their life? Well, that can be a number of things. You know, with a a business owner selling his business, if he if he gets to get a good cash payout, of course he'll need to to contact somebody that that uh, can help him take take care of that and produce some retirement income for the rest of their lives. But you know, it depends on when you sell because I've got some friends that that have sold in their 40s and 50s and they went and started new businesses. And we talked about that is that, that some people are just really good at taking simple ideas and making them extraordinary and, and taking simple businesses and making them extraordinary businesses. 
and selling them and then starting the process over again. And that happens often. And there are just, there are a few people that, that do that and are, are good at it. Uh, but, you know, there may be some that are listening today and, and that's a, that's a great career move. I mean, if you can do that and if you've got the capital to do it, um, I wouldn't bet all of your capital that you just earned off of the sale of the business on the new venture. Um, definitely believe in using other people's money in that, that sense uh, for starting new ventures. But yeah, it's, it's retirement doesn't mean you're dead. You, you, there's lots of things that you can do after that. Now I did say, you know, I've got clients that, that they, they sold the business. They, they got a, a good down payment and they got a note and then a few years later, the buyer came to them and said, hey, I want to negotiate a payoff. What if I gave you, a, you know, this much cash, would you accept it as a complete payoff? And before the client ever called me and talked to me about it, they agreed to it. And this person had sold this business with a, you know, a monthly, a good monthly income. And, you know, they didn't get the interest off the note. They didn't, they sold it for less than 50% of what was left on the balance of the note. And after just a couple of years, that's a significant balance. And so without even talking to somebody, they, they went ahead and agreed to it. And I guess it's that old adage, a burden hand is better than two in a bush. But really, I think that if you, if you do sell and, and you do take an owner finance and there's a, a note, you know, be, be careful at, uh, in agreeing to a cash payoff. I just don't think that every time somebody, you know, says, "Hey, if I if I paid you this amount of cash, would you take off, you know, you know, half of the note?" You know, that's to me that's not necessarily a good idea. But, you know, for the client, every individual, every situation, it might be different. There's a, also, you know, there are times when in going back to selling to your family that whoever you sell to, you want to keep in mind that you want them to succeed. And so what I've seen in times past is the valuation came in, let's say, you know, the, the, the annual revenues might be 150, 200,000, but the valuation came in at half a million. They find somebody that will buy it at half a million. And so this person has a $450,000 note and it's, they're paying out, you know, $60,000 a year in, in note payments. But remember the, the income was only 120, 150, so that's almost half of the the net income. And that's assuming that there's not going to be any downturn in the economy. And so if you sell like that, you're really putting a strain on the buyer. And yeah, I know the valuations come in and say, hey, this is the value of the company. This is what we think the, the retail value of the company is. But you also want to make sure when you do sell that whatever the, if you have any owner financing part and if you have any humanity, you want to make sure that you're not setting that person up for failure. Yeah, as a as a seller, you know it's it's in my opinion, it's not okay to to take the money and run. It's not okay to to just get the most out of the business you can, and who cares the consequences? It's that's that's for the buyer to figure out. You know, you know, I would you know inquire a little bit. Do you have cash? Do you have capital? Do you have if you're going to come up with this kind of debt, do you have the other means to take care of the debt? Do you have other means to, to pay it if, if, if the business takes a downturn? For example, you know, in, 
in you know COVID last year, you know we had a huge downturn and and re- some of the restaurants you know didn't make it, and sometimes those restaurants were uh, personally guaranteed on that money, and so even though the business doesn't exist anymore, they still owe on the note because it, there was a personal guarantee there, and so uh, you know that's a, that's another danger too. You just don't want to set somebody up for failure. Two things, one payoffs are sketchy for the baby and then two the transaction is more mutual in a sense that i don't just take the money and run i actually have to actually care what happens to the future of the business right you, you, you don't have to care but you should you definitely should it, it you know especially if you're selling to a key employee maybe they've been with you for a long time you don't want to set them up for failure you definitely don't want to set up your family for failure I would not sell to uh, uh, one of my kids in such a way that, that put a burden. Honestly, I don't think I would ever sell to them. I would gift it to them over time um, as an earnings, like a, a earnings bonus as a, a gift of ownership. You know, there are different ways that you can you can do that over time. But the point is, you know, in this podcast is, is one is, is knowing that your your business has value. You, you, there are things that you can do to increase the value. There are things to look for in a buyer. There are things to look for um, in the transaction. In business is is a responsibility. It's not it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies. But there, this is the when you're selling the business, you think about selling the business. The assumption is that you've been successful at it, and you want somebody else to be a success. All right, sounds like the plan. I guess the the next question is. How do we profit from this? What's the, <laughs> we're coaching for profit. That's right. This is coaching for profit. And and honestly, I mean, whenever you have had a seasoned life in business, the, the profit has come, right? The, the profit has come, and now you're setting up the next generation. And so, yeah, you want to take some of the value out of it. You want to take the value out of it for your retirement because it is an asset. But, again, you, you want to be responsible in that as well. But yeah, coaching for profit. That's what this podcast is about because we want to we believe that your profit is equals the your potential minus all the barriers. And we just talked about some of the barriers to selling a business today and we just want to remove some of those barriers so that you can sell your business profitably and responsibly.